I bet that's her snake. <laughs> that's pretty cool. If I had to like work with a snake on a set, I probably do. If I and I had one, I'd just bring my own. Ugh, the idea of working with snakes literally makes me feel nervous. <laughs> I don't want even like talking about it. I hate snakes. <laughs> oh um, my goodness. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I am not a robot, but my name is Spencer Williams. Hey, Elizabeth. Hi, Spencer. Are you sure about that? Um, well, like slightly positive, like 80% positive. Okay. I do have a lot of childhood memories, but they do stop at a certain point, which is kind of concerning. Same. Same. <laughs> Like, sometimes I'm like, I don't remember my childhood real well. I don't know if that's concerning or not. However. Do you have any pictures? I do. Thankfully, okay. I do. Okay. Okay. However, I was thinking about Paul Rudd the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and how we all keep saying he's a vampire. Yeah. But because I saw, I saw the most recent Ant-Man movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like... Paul Rudd is aging very well, but he is. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What if he's like like a, a really advanced robot? Yeah, like a replicant. Yeah. Who's just. Because they do age slightly, but, you know. Hmm. But very slowly. I think you've nailed it, Elizabeth. That seems like a very plausible theory yeah. to me. And it's like he's programmed to be charming, designed Right. To look just so handsome and perfect. Mm -hmm. yeah. Perfect sense of humor. Basic pleasure model, but also like a basic talented acting model. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he eats like us. Yeah. He, he makes jokes like us. Has yeah. anyone ever seen Paul Rudd sleep? I don't think we have. I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen pictures of him like in a bed or something. No. Mm. I think I think this is it. I don't think he's a vampire. I think he's a replicant. Yeah, I'm, I'm really freaked. I'm really freaked out right now. Um, <laughs> robot movies really freak me out. Same. <laughs> One of my least favorite movies of all time is I, Robot. Not because it's a bad movie. It just freaks me out. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. Like, I think growing up a sci-fi nerd has like, it's made me wary of technology. Right. Like, I remember I was looking at an apartment 
And like one of the features of the apartment is that it was like it was right when like Alexa had like those like connect your home with Alexa. Mm -hmm. And it like had Alexa all throughout the house. And I was like, I'm not moving in here (laughs) with Alexa (laughs) listening to me 24 (laughs) seven. Yeah. You know what movie I did not see in the past few months? What? Is Megan. I'm not going to see that. That too spooky i don't if it's a robot i don't want anything to do with it is it a doll or a robot it looks like a robot to it's, me it's like a robot play companion from what i understand yeah i'm good i'm yeah. good on that one thank you though <laughs> i kind of want to see it but like you like i'm not i'm not the biggest horror fan especially like i'm not a gigantic slasher fan like that's not something mm. i'm just gonna like go seek out myself right so i'm like yeah. i need a friend <laughs> <laughs> which by the way i'm not sure if it's come out at this point but i saw the new scream six and it was brilliant and i am about to interview costume designer avery pluez maybe Ooh. the episode's out or not by now by this point you know we're recording a little bit ahead uh such a great film you guys have to go see it it's so good i am excited for that one i never thought i'd be a scream fan right and now i'm like oh scream's cool (laughs) i'd much rather hang out with ghostface than any one of these robots speaking of (laughs) we are still in our sci-fi month and we watched (laughs) the classic film blade runner yes i like this is such an interesting film so mm-hmm. I was watching. It's one of those where you could feel multiple ways about it. Yeah. Okay. It's a very quiet film and that freaks me out. <laughs> so I had watched it like a couple years ago with a friend and just been like, oh, okay, that's like a good movie. What? I, like, I didn't love it like a lot of people do. But, um, but I was like, oh, it's like, it's a good movie. And like, you can see how it has influenced a lot of other sci-fi, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And then I was watching it today and my dad got all excited and he was like popping in and out with like facts about the movie. <laughs> and he was like, you know, the the original cut had a lot of commentary that the studio put in without Ridley Scott's approval because they didn't think people could understand the plot. Uh-huh. And I was like. I was like, is that why the movie's so quiet? Because I watched the final cut on Hulu, which is Ridley Scott approved. He right. was like, yeah, probably. And I was like, that explains a lot. That hmm. explains a lot. Yeah. So this was my first time seeing it, which I'm embarrassed to say. I have This is one of those movies. I have, <laughs> I have like three movies that are on my list of movies I've been dying to watch. And Blade Runner mm-hmm. Blade Runner's one of them. The other two I'm not even going to say because they're kind of embarrassing. But maybe we'll reveal what? them later on in a podcast. Okay. One of them's Kill Bill. I've never seen it. And I really <gasps> want to. I know. I know. Spencer. Everyone pretend like you didn't hear that. <laughs> um Blade Runner is one of those movies I've been wanting to just see forever. And just for some reason, I've never made it happen. Finally did. And I loved it. But I feel like it's one of those films, like I said, where you could feel a few ways about it. Yeah. One, I think, because everyone knows Aliens, like my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Ridley Scott directed that one, too, which I think it's a brilliant film. This movie, there was parts of it where I was like kind of creeped out. Um, 
like the whole like romance scene. I was like, I don't know if I needed to see that. I don't know if that was necessary. I think that <laughs> is a cultural issue of the time. I okay. <laughs> that we I are was, trying to was, uh, <laughs> get out of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to talk about further on a podcast. I just was wondering. I was like, was that like. Yeah, who, <laughs> how did this get approved? So that was I, an interesting scene. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. The cultural influence that this film has had on fashion, film, television, the way like life has played out for us is just really astounding to me. And I just love the research and talking about it because I really do think it's brilliant in the sense that like, I mean, the production of it, the costumes of it, it's all really top tier and some really great performances in it as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And before we talk about it anymore, Spencer, do you want to give us a summary? Sure. So Blade Runner, a Blade Runner is forced to continue his old job as a replicant hunter. His assignment, eliminate four escaped replicants from the colonies who have returned to Earth to find their creator. And that is Blade Runner. That is Blade Runner. If you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. <laughs> one of the it's versions is. That's one of the one versions we watched. Is. That was that was what was free to me. So that's <laughs> what I watched. Um uh, I, I don't that must have I feel like that was the cut I saw before as well. Mm-hmm. Cause like there was nothing surprising, or I didn't feel like I was like missing anything. My thought was I was like, I wonder if the other cuts are sans that very unnecessary uncomfortable romance and quote scene and i was like there must be a cut where that's (laughs) not (laughs) okay but i don't know let's go behind the wardrobe with director ridley scott and costume designers michael kaplan and charles node you will know michael's work from flash dance armageddon fight club which we should do at some point Mm-hmm. Burlesque, ooh, ooh, Star- ooh, ooh. Spencer's <laughs> favorite, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. You will know Charles's work from Braveheart and the 1999 TV movie Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Both incredible costume designers. I mean, Michael Kaplan, he is legendary. Yes, he definitely is. And going behind the wardrobe a little bit more, when it comes to the the look of our future Los Angeles, which is, <laughs> <laughs> this is the 1982 future of 2019. <laughs> which was really Los wild Angeles, to think about. <laughs> which I'm just like, wow, people in the 20th century really had high hopes for the 21st. Right. Like they really thought we were going to be doing things and going places. And I'm like, no. But the fashion, though, isn't like entirely off, though, I would say. No, the fashion is not entirely off. And that's very intentional. Uh, The book dressed a century of Hollywood costume design quotes Ridley Scott as saying, I insisted that Blade Runner's final look be authentic, not just speculative. For instance, take clothes and cars. What if you could take someone, a contemporary man, and whisk him back to the Times Square of 40 years ago? He wouldn't, I think, 
have that many shocks in store for him. He wouldn't be puzzled by 40s clothing either, since we're seeing something of a resurgence in the 40s fashion right now. Fashion is always cyclical, which so true. And I like how he took that analogy of like, well, if you grab someone and plop them back 40 years in the past, like, you know, it's not that surprising. So he really wanted to do the same going 40 years forward. Like, you know, fashion doesn't change that much, but the needs and circumstances of what fashion has to be does. Right, which could really be true to be said about, you know, where we are in fashion today as well, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. With that, Elizabeth, I think we need to go take our robot test, make sure that we're both clear for action, and we're going to talk about Blade Runner after this break. Yes! episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe dive into the western trend with gold cowboy boots from stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from prada you can shop for everything on your agenda whether it's a breezy zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright chloe blazer for brunch find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Spencer, are you ready to get into this? <laughs> beep, beep, bop, bop. <laughs> Very ready. <laughs> we see you did not pass the test, but that is no matter. Before we jump into the characters, I want to talk about these background actors oh my gosh the world of blade runner is simply wild it is so beautiful it's so impressive yeah parts of it are kind of grimy and a little gross Mm -hmm. but the actual fashion and the world building was just so impressive and it's so funny to me like we mentioned that this is los angeles 2019 which, you know, I lived, we both lived in Los Angeles in 2019. (laughs) This was not it. But I just really want to talk about, I mean, the way that Blade Runner is just inspired fashion and culture today with the neo-noir cyberpunk looks and garments. I mean, just thinking about designers, Mugler, McQueen's Givenchy (laughs) Fall show of 1998, Gareth Pugh's collections, Raph Simmons, Mm. Prada, Vivian Westwood, there's so many influences uh, that designers have taken from this film and vice versa. And also the influence on costume design seen in, you know, Star Wars, which Michael Kaplan went on to do Star Wars. I always think of that second Star Wars Michael Kaplan did, um, which one is that? Last Jedi, mm-hmm. where he designs those casinos, which feels yes. very much like Blade Runner. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about the fifth element a lot, which came out, you know, uh, you know later on. About Video 20 games. years later. 
Yeah, about 20 years later. Even Cars. I mean, even <laughs> he, has, he who shall not be named of Tesla has cited <laughs> references to this film for the design of some of these new Tesla cars coming out. It's just wild. It, that's because it's brilliant. And like, even before I saw that, like, the fifth element took inspiration from this, I actually thought of that this time because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the fifth element last time I saw this movie. And I saw it this time and I was like, oh, this is very much the Los Angeles of the fifth element. Mm-hmm. But the fifth element just, it's like brighter colors. There's like a little more like hope <laughs> in the world of the fifth element. Right. And also fifth element is a little bit more New York, which like you could also kind of talk about is oh, how wait, this. Is it in New York? Well, yeah. I mean, but I agree with you is that it is kind of almost like similar though. We're like, that was very New York and this is like LA in that same mm-hmm. kind of scope, which is cool because this yeah. to me does feel a little bit more LA. It's a little bit more street style, a little bit more grimier and contemporary, which I think is really cool. Um, and not to mention just how incredible the sets and the production was. I actually was just at the Warner brothers studio tour the other day and we actually drove through the set and it's just like a plain basic street the way that they transformed this for Blade Runner was just incredible. It truly is. And Michael Kaplan says of the world and the character of Decker that after reading the script, we definitely felt that Blade Runner was of that film noir genre. And we looked back to films of the 1940s for inspiration. Decker, played by Harrison Ford, was as much a gumshoe as Sam Spades, played by Humphrey Bogard. Mm. And this, I I felt kind of like strange because this is a very different character for Harrison Ford. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he's always kind of grumpy, but like this was like a very like insightful grumpy. I was like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not used to this from my Harrison Ford characters. He's Harrison usually Ford. a little bit louder. <laughs> <laughs> he is a grumpy guy, but I do love like the film noir element to it because yeah, it is super futuristic, but then the clothes almost gives it that noir feel. It's really cool. And I love that it really sets his character specifically like apart from everyone else. Yeah. And Ridley Scott is quoted in dressed a century of Hollywood costume design about Harrison Ford's character saying Harrison signed on to Blade Runner in late October of 1980. He drove into London, and I think he still had that (laughs) goddamn hat on he wore as Indiana Jones. I thought, oh, shit, because up to that point, we'd seen Decker wearing the same kind of hat, the kind they used to sport in those old noir thrillers. So there went Decker's hat. I thought, okay, if the hat's out the window... We'll give him a crew cut, which is where Decker's brushed cut came in, <laughs> which I love that quote because I think it's so fascinating because in films you have to suspend disbelief, but they have to think about like, OK, what else is the actor doing at the time? Mm-hmm. Like you can't make, you know, they couldn't make him Indiana Jones again, again. Like right. they couldn't make him look like that because all people would be thinking about is Indiana Jones. He literally could not wear a hat. It was just, it would not be acceptable. It would not because <laughs> it would be too much of a distraction. So they had to go 
and like change, give him a hair, a whole new haircut. Because this isn't even like a normal Harrison Ford haircut. No, we like just his, think of Han Solo and like that yeah, little kind of wispy, luscious, <laughs> luscious locks. Yeah, they had to put a lot of thought into his look. Ridley Scott said about it: his shirts and ties and suits were remarkably discreet. I didn't want diagonal slits. We were always thinking about Philip Marlowe and the long goodbye. Mm, but I do love how they use those like big silver screen, like 1940s and 30s stars as inspiration for these characters. Oh, man. I mean, I love his jacket, like that kind of trench coat uh, with the mm-hmm. big lapel collar. It's so cool. I love how oversized that collar is because it still feels very film noir, but then the size of it makes it feel to me very kind of futuristic. It's such a great, great piece. I also, I particularly like his shirt. Yeah. Because you can't see it real well, but like there's one point in his apartment when he takes his coat off and it's like brightly colored. It's got this like pretty hectic print on it's funky. it it is real funky and I, the it has a pretty interesting cut and it's just it shows like he has a little bit of depth of character to him because you wouldn't think like oh this like street smart like detective slash basically assassin <laughs> is gonna wear this like polka dot print shirt but he does and it like I feel like it shows that inner character he has and the inner conflict. Yeah, like before he retired, he probably was a fun guy who appreciated a cool, funky shirt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of my favorite characters. No, definitely my favorite character was Rachel. I mean, the moment I saw her on screen, I was just like, woof, she is incredible. Rachel is incredible. And she also got the 1940s starlet inspiration as Ridley Scott uh, is quoted in Dressed a Century of Hollywood Costume Design saying, when Sean was made up in her 40s outfit, she somewhat reminded me of Rita Hayworth. She had that look and Hayworth had been my ideal of the sphinx-like femme fatale ever since I saw her in Gilda. I suppose you could say Rachel was my homage to Gilda. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I the Rita Hayworth. It. Yeah, definitely comes through for sure. And I just felt like Rachel was such a brilliant character. I loved the power suit she was wearing, which, by yes. the way, I mean, this look really transcends time. And designers have been knocking it off ever since Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, Michael said to Anne another, for Rachel's character, our chief inspirations were the tailored suits that Gilbert Adrian designed in the late 1930s and early 40s. He said that he liked the idea of combining different shades of suiting fabrics to create patterns, something Adrian did. In this case, I used amazing vintage suiting woolens in shades of gray and beige with metallic threads that I was lucky enough to find, which create a subtle luminous quality. I want to create a futuristic heroine who is believable in the future but with her feet firmly planted and film noir past, which I definitely see that she gives like old Hollywood at the same time being like hella futuristic Joan Crawford almost. Yeah. And I, I love that he used like 
the like suiting fabrics with that like metallic shine to it because it that's really what like pushes it into futuristic yeah also just like the stunning fit i'm like oh this is why big shoulders were so common in the 80s this is what everybody was trying to do and did not succeed at <laughs> right. okay I everyone get it wanted now. to be rachel <laughs> i mean this is tailored down this the tailoring is impeccable on all of her looks yeah i feel like they tailored it the morning of it is that good <laughs> yeah the fit is just within an inch of her life it is just so brilliant and also all of her coats, which, by the way, we don't get to wear coats in L.A., but if we did, I like to imagine they all look like this. Every time I saw Rachel in a coat, my jaw dropped. It was so good. Like the furs, the patterns within the fur, like that blue one with just the huge fur collar all around it. Oh, my gosh. It's so I was like, sick. I need to be fancy. So I can wear these. <laughs> I love like the huge oversized collar. It's so cool. I also love the part where she's like kind of disguising herself in the crowd, but she's yeah. still wearing this big fur coat with a huge collar. And everyone, like I stopped. I was like, Rachel, we can see you. Like, yeah. You're very easy to notice in the crowd. Like, you're not hiding, but like, okay, I guess everybody is dressed pretty wild. Maybe this works. I don't know. Right. It's so good. And she just looks so beautiful all the time. I mean, it's no wonder why Harrison Ford's character quickly fell in love. Um, yes. She just, yeah, looks amazing. And then we have Batty. Such such an interesting guy. Batty was interesting. I kind of was wavering back and forth on him. Uh, but what I am not wavering on was that cool jacket he's wearing. I mean, yes. that was a jacket. <laughs> I mean, was. we just talked about the Matrix. I'm sure Kim Barrett had Batty somewhere hanging on her workshop wall when they were working on the Matrix. Like, it's literally they took a biker jacket and turned it into a duster. It's so cool. Like the amount of detail incredible. to it and that collar. I've never seen a collar that looks like that before in my life. It's like no. a rounded. I mean, I just never seen it. It's so interesting. It's kind of like a Dracula kind of cape almost to it built into yeah. a motorcycle jacket. <laughs> I love it. And it's, it's perfect for him hiding and like, but trying to like, cause he's trying to get shit done. He <laughs> is unsuccessful and I feel bad for him all the all he wanted to do was live longer than, what, yeah. four years? <laughs> right. Yeah, the replicants, I mean, I understand the goal here. They maybe were yeah. need to work on their public relations, you know, communications. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that jacket, I'll never get over that. That categorically changed my life, seeing that jacket. Absolutely. Maybe it wasn't functional. I mean, it is kind of like oversized. I can't imagine him being very agile in it. But just seeing it is very but, cool. But, like, that Los Angeles was really gross. Like, you needed <laughs> protection. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but the same cannot uh, be said. Who needed some more protection? Oh, my gosh. Poor Zora. <laughs> yeah. She had the opposite problem. She had almost zero protection. And she had one of the most, most gruesome deaths in the film. I was so shocked when she got uh, shot down in public. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Kind of city is this oh it's los angeles that makes sense <laughs> um 
Yeah, Joanna Cassidy plays Zora, and this look with the clear raincoat, I mean, how many times have we seen something like this on the runway these days now? Like, so contemporary. Very of, like, the 2000s as well, when everybody was obsessed with plastic clothing. Mm-hmm. But also, like, coming back around, I also just love her little, like, <laughs> I like panty set. It is, like, super cute, and I'm almost like, where can I buy this? <laughs> the black one that she has underneath the coat? Yeah. yeah it's very it's, chic. It's very cool. When she put it on, I was like, okay. I didn't think this was, like, her going outside outfit, but I was like, this is a cool set for sure. I think it was. I think that's just what she intended to wear. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. And honestly, I want to get, like, a clear raincoat moment at this point. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, a vibe. Bit. I like it. Yeah. Another costume that she had on was the her performance look because she works at a strip club. Yeah. Um, and Joanna Cassidy, the actress, actually wrote an article about it uh, for Blade Zone saying this costume consisted of three relatively small pieces of nylon strategically placed and then thousands of sequins carefully glued on my skin. <laughs> it took three hours to apply to make up for that scene and a lot of patience, which, yeah, I, I could imagine getting very cranky over that. Yeah. Um, I also read that she had a pet snake that she was able to bring on set. So that's pretty Wait, cool. Wait, that's her pet snake. I don't know if that specific one is her snake, but she has a snake and she basically was like, can I use my snake? I don't know if it worked out. <laughs> I, I mean, I bet that's her. I bet that's her snake. <laughs> that's pretty cool. If I had to like work with a snake on a set, I'd probably just, if I, and I had one, I'd just bring my own. Ugh, the idea of working with snakes literally makes me feel nervous. <laughs> I don't want even like talking about it. I hate snakes. <laughs> oh um, my goodness. I did read a little bit more too about like she said um, she did seem to wear like these nude kind of like jumpsuits for some of these scenes. Like when she was running down the street, I don't think she was fully just like in the bra and a raincoat. Sounds like she's wearing some sort of like very nude jumpsuit underneath. That would make sense. The very, you know, revealing moments. I don't think she was actually nude, which made me feel a little bit better because I felt like, I don't know, this felt a little gross to me at first. Yeah. Who wrote this scene? I, a lot of this movie feels a little gross. (laughs) Yeah. So I was happy to hear that sound like the costume designers hooked her up with like, here, put this on. You'll feel a little bit better type of thing. So, um, but yeah. I do, I do love her like dancer look though. Because it oh, reminds yeah. me of Mystique yeah, that in the is X-Men cool. movies. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I see that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you would have made a made a great Mystique. Uh, and the hair. The hair is so 80s, yeah. but it, it works. I mean, I love the 80s, so I'm not going to knock you it. Do. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> you would go back and live in the 80s if you could, wouldn't you? I don't know. I think... Usually I'd say yes, but I've been kind of like in a 70s mood lately, but Mm. I'd probably still fall back on the 80s. Let's be real. You could, we could put you back into the 70s and you just live through the 70s and 80s. That'd be cool. I like that idea. I did love Pris. Talk about a woman who knows how to get things done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was a wild character. So Pris is... As they called her the basic pleasure model, which is basically their way of saying that she's a prostitute. 
And she looks, I mean, I love her look. It's very um, 2023, I would say. Like, I definitely yeah. see people wearing looks that look just like this. It's very edgy, but still kind of streetwear in a way. Absolutely. Like, I, you can't even really say, like, oh, it's like, you can't say it's goth. It's kind of punk, but, like, not not even, I wouldn't even quite say punk. It's It's very contemporary. I actually would say it's punk. I dare say that like the punk influence in this film is so strong. I think this is really Mm -hmm. what defines what we think of as like that cyber punk look. That's a Uh, good point. Yeah. Like I think it's really stems from Blade Runner. Honestly, for me, Mm -hmm. I think it comes from here and I think it's such a cool look. I was trying to do some research on this costume in particular, and it just kept reading this quote from really Scott being like, well, I want her to look like a prostitute. <laughs> like that was the inspiration. I'm like, well, I guess you nailed well, it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Not um, a lot of deep character development there. Yeah. I particularly though, liked her final look of just the black see-through yeah. like, bodysuit. Like, with the makeup, it was really very striking. Very striking. And such an iconic look, too. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of turned her into, like, more of a superhero mm-hmm. than just a robot trying to extend her life. <laughs> <laughs> when she was doing all those flips and stuff, I was actually scared. I think she was probably the more scary character of the film. Like oh, if I were yeah. Harrison Ford's character, I would have been shaking. <laughs> like yeah. actually, you know what? I am retired, so I could just go home. <laughs> I felt bad for him. He was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she looks so cool. I love the collar. That's very like kind of nineties. I see like a Courtney love vibe a little bit to her before Courtney yeah. love was Courtney love, you know? Yeah. Like Courtney Love Absolutely. when she was in Hole, which one of my favorite bands. Um, so great. But then we have Tyrell. Uh, he is the guy who's kind of responsible for this whole mess. And mm-hmm. he appears in this bathrobe moment, Elizabeth. And the way my jaw hit the floor. I know. Is such, I don't wear bathrobes, but I would if it was this bathrobe. It is so dope. I was like, this for a bathrobe, this is unnecessary, but I'm here for it. Right. Like I've never seen a bathrobe where I was like, that should be in a museum somewhere. It is just so interesting. It looks like something somebody would wear to the Grammys. Right. Like <laughs> that is what it looks like. It feels like something we would have just saw in like Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Like this is yes. like an emperor type uh, bathrobe, you know? Absolutely. And I like that it was white because he is such like a sleazy character. It's like you created all these people, but like you don't give two shits about them. Mm. Yeah, it's such a crazy plot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, definitely... Not a character I enjoyed, but when he came on that bathrobe and then, you know, he has that motif with the owl. They have like Mm an owl flying around. He has like a little owl patch on his robe, which I thought was fantastic. Also, that's Mm -hmm. cute. Yeah. Love a little patch moment. (laughs) And then we have the guy who kind of pulled us into this whole mess was Gaff. And he has like a really interesting, again, very film noir look. 
but still yes. very futuristic. Like this to me was the most film noir, but the actual like textiles and the metallic elements to them to me is what screamed like well, 2019, I guess, but like yeah. their idea of 2019. I just love that he's wearing a full three piece suit with a bow tie and this jacket. Mm-hmm. Like this heavy wool jacket. I'm yeah. like, sir, like, why do you look so good to be a police officer? <laughs> like, <laughs> with the fedora, too. Like, that to yes. me was like, that's really like that 40s, you know, element that we were talking about. Also, another reason why Harrison Ford could not have worn a hat. We could not have had two hats. No, that would have been too much. Mm-hmm. The color choice is really interesting, too. Like, the yellow underneath. And I like, I love the. Couldn't tell if it was like quilting or like leather details within the jacket. Really just gave it that extra little like like futuristic push that it needed. Yeah, it almost has like an embossed look to it. Is that the right word? I would say so. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) And with that, that brings us to the end of Blade Runner. I mean, there's just so many costumes we could probably do just like a three hour long podcast talking about every single costume we saw on screen. There were so many good ones. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth. And it is time to play our favorite game. I'm a little nervous for this one. What about you? Me too. (laughs) Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. Spencer, what was your one costume to rule them all? I still feel a little wavering on it. I don't know. I think it's definitely a Rachel look. Mm -hmm. Um, Rachel had all the best looks. I think I settled with Rachel's blue coat look with the big oversized uh, collar. It's just such a statement. And it's just like her I'm going out moment, you know, going from house to house. She just needs a little understated coat for today. It's just such a, it's so futuristic to me, but still sets her in that like film noir, old Hollywood look for me, which is really cool. And I just, it's such a chemistry that they had to do to make this happen. It's very, very detailed. And I just thought Rachel was such a fun, exciting character too. I just fell in love with immediately. So yeah, I think that'd be my one costume rule of all. Like special shout out to just like that first look we saw her in in the black though when he gets to uh, honorable mention. Yeah, honorable mention is her black look. <laughs> I agree with that honorable mention. However, my one costume to rule them all is Pris's final look, that sheer black jumpsuit. Yes, perfectly coordinated makeup. An overall iconic look because I knew about this look before mm-hmm. I watched. Blade Runner right. uh, that and like Harrison Ford's look I knew those looks before I watched the movie the first time and I just think it's like it's very Pris it's like kind of like turns her into the person she is instead of the person she was created to be right she's really like experimenting and feeling like she could just be who she wants to be in this moment she's just having fun with her makeup and like you said it's such iconic makeup look I knew this look before I even saw the film and I'm I guarantee it's inspired countless artists, you know, throughout oh, the yeah. years on fashion runways and whatnot and editorials. So yeah, that's a good one, Elizabeth. Thank you. 
And if you want to tell us your one costume to rule them all, you can call our voicemail at 626-515-1826 or send us an email at theartofcostumeblogcast at gmail.com. And Spencer, what are we watching next week? Well, we are ending our sci-fi month. It is, I'm sad to say, because we love sci-fi, but it's yeah. not exactly quite over. No. Just like last year, May is going to be dedicated to Star Wars month in honor of May the 4th. Yes. And I'm so excited to say that we're going to continue where we left off last year. If you don't, if you remember, we have a great episode on the first Star Wars, A New Hope, where we talk about the costumes designed by John Malo. Now we're going to be talking about Empire Strikes Back, and I'm very excited. I've never actually dived into the costumes of Empire Strikes Back, so I'm excited to do that yes. with you. I'm very excited to revisit my Star Wars costume book and <laughs> and get all the facts out of it. And let's be real. It might be our favorite Star Wars. At least it's mine. Whew, that, you know what? I might have to agree with you. Might. It's definitely yes. second place, if not first for me. Oh, actually, this is opening a bigger can of worms. Let's just continue. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked what you heard and need some costume entertainment in between episodes, you can follow us at the Art of Costume pod on Instagram, at the Art of Costume on TikTok. If you need a little blogcast merch, you can check out theartofcostume.com slash pod store. And we would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a little five-star text review on Apple Podcast. Everybody, have a fabulous two weeks. Stay cool, robots, and stay away from anyone in questionable film noir trench coats. They're coming yeah. for us. Yes, they are. They are. Watch out. <laughs> The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Which I love because it's, I have to let anyone out. <laughs> like mid thought. <laughs> she meowed and looked at me with those big cat eyes. <laughs> and you just fell for it, like, man. Mid sentence. <laughs> <laughs>